Welcome to Bad Dad's Film Review. Thank we, you. We yeah. are but three this evening, but mm. I'm told that's a magic number. Riggs can't be here tonight. He is still dealing with all kinds of COVID-related stuff, which is really shit, and we miss him very much, and I'm sure he would love to hear from everyone. So if you want to bombard him with nice messages on Twitter, send him money, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah or sure. nudes. Yeah, or, or nudes, nudes. nudes, especially. No, I'm not going to say that. Money would, would I'm sure, ease, <laughs> ease his suffering somewhat as well. So, um, Pete's obviously not here because he's still recovering from eating vegan cheese. Yeah, Pete's on a vegan low as well. So Pete and Riggs hopefully back next week. But we will plough on. We had a top five last week. Robots. Which we'll talk about, which is robots. Had a few nominations. Robocop was yeah. one of them. R2-D2. Craftwork. The, uh, that's more, more musical. I don't know if we put Robocop in, did we? I don't think we did. Well, I think it should go in because yes. it's fucking it's tremendous. It's pretty similar. Oh, we're yeah. talking about the Paul Verhoeven one, not the shitty fucking remake version. I have not gone near that. No, neither have I. No I, I don't want to tarnish the image. No, so that is in. Howie, perchance, did you watch anything that wasn't homework related? I did. Uh, the family have been watching Hawkeye series on Disney, oh, which is quite a nice tremendous, one. Tremendous, isn't it? Yeah, really enjoying it. It's, it's actually quite a nice one. It'd be interesting to see where it goes. We've got up to episode four, which has revealed that there is a Black Widow that's just popped up. Yelena. Have you seen the Black Widow movie? Yes, we have. Okay. We've seen that. So that was quite cool. And we've also been watching, of course, Boba Fett, which... Uh, Peaked, which went back, went, went back up in my estimations after the... Yeah, this week. The yeah. fourth episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. where I am yeah. as well. Yeah. So quite happy with that. And then we, I, I watched on my own the one that's quite relevant to you going away, Dan, The 14 Peaks, with uh, yeah. weird mixed emotions about that, in that I have no doubt that, is it Mitt Nimson? Yeah. He is an unbelievable athlete, an unbelievable climber, and the film is just amazing in places. I worry he's going to get his comeuppance and it's going to one day lead to th- hundreds of other climbers getting killed because he's so confident. And a lot of the time he's pissed out of his brain. Oh, he's hung over to fuck. <laughs> he's setting world records for endurance climbing. He is amazing. But I'm just worried that he did those, he did the 14 peaks and then they think went, he's what? a bit gung-ho. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I just really worry he's going to get something horrific happen to him. Because well, f- fingers crossed he doesn't. But I, I take your point. It's yeah. just so amazingly crazy what he's done compared to what anybody else did. I mean, normally you'd climb a, an 8,000 metre peak, like one a year. You know, maybe they'll do two. The, the previous yeah. record was 16 years for, for good cause, you know, yeah. or seven years or whatever it was. It took him a, a long time. He's doing it in six months and he's running yeah. up and down these he did, he mountains. Did, he did Everest and two other mountains all above 8,000 feet in 48 hours. I think the first one in the film, you know, they do it and then they come down and then someone's stuck up there so they just go, go back. back. <laughs> Fucking well, hell. But the big flaw in the film, and I don't, this is this is a complete idiot who doesn't know what he's talking about, talking about a film, is why didn't they do the Chinese ones first and get them nailed down? It was visas, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but he, do you know what I was thinking? Why didn't he, is it to do with the climbing season or it something? Climbing seasons. I think he also wanted to build a bit of momentum okay. to, to get sponsorship and things. So he was mm. doing the more affordable ones and the ones okay. that he had better uh, access to first. And as momentum started building, one of the things that really got me in this this documentary was when he finished the challenge and he came down yeah. off that last peak and he had about 20 Nepalese reporters around. And he quite rightly pointed out, 
if this had been a Western expedition, a white European, they would have this. We wouldn't have been able to see for journalists here. There would have been, yeah, yeah. you know, all the rest of it. So what he's doing for the Nepalese climbing community, I think, is just fantastic. And and given these people who basically have dragged up, yeah, you know, well, they've just carried um, every, they've carried up rich Europeans' supplies and everything without getting any of the the credit or or the, um, kudos that they deserve. So he's he's shone a light on that. But maybe he's had to do it in such an extraordinary way. It's almost worthy of its own discussion, yeah. this. And maybe we could do a, a special kind of midweek Mid-week episode. Or, yeah. or I think it's worth it. Similar for that. Because, yeah, I, I love this. And I am going over to Nepal in, what, another month or, or so. And I'm sure there's going to be just loads of his presence and, and that kind yeah. of feeling around and just really ramped up the the porters the guides the the climbers and everyone else to give them the kudos they deserve really but yeah maybe something we can chat about uh, another time i did boba fett as well and because i'm just Name addicted your to it. really it's, love getting, that. it's getting a bit of a hard time online i've seen oh, they just don't know don't, what they're on about yeah um, agreed i think it's great i also watched a thing called De pass which is a sky <laughs> box set based on the bridge, a Scandinavian oh, thing. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like it's based on the tunnel. That's what... Wait, hang on. The hang bridge, on. the tunnel? Are you talking about the murder the mystery? Because the bridge, the yeah. Danish slash Swedish thing, is the fucking greatest murder mystery program of all time. Yeah, well, this, very, is, this, this is, is a based on that. You um, know, it's a continuation it's of the story. Yeah. yeah. Based on a Austrian and German... It's a Sky original, Austrian and Germany detectives on the either side of the border have found this body that is that's been put over on my watch a list. border stone. So okay, so that's exactly both... how the bridge starts, is it? Oh really? Halfway across the bridge there's a corpse that's been cut in half, one half's on one side, one half's on. Oh, which is exactly the same as the tunnel. The tunnel is the English remake, English but remake. The, the Scandinavian Yeah, is really like, good. I'll watch that, but you've got to we've got to watch okay, that. Okay. It right. is all time. Yeah, it is. Right. Or well, maybe I should start with the bridge and then go to the I would one. definitely I start know. with the bridge, just because honestly, it's like it's up there it's 10 out of 10 it's fucking so good it's so good right big talk yeah yeah it's okay i will stand by that one anything else um no i didn't get much else done tv wise okay i've been re-watching some doug stanhope stuff because it all appeared on amazon prime so one of his stand-up routines called no refunds is on there and it's fucking brilliant more beatles stuff get back be nearly through it Goodbye. No, I'm, I'm at the very end of the second chapter. Oh, Ringo, I still don't think has spoken. He just sort of sits there smoking and like <laughs> yeah. bored of all their fucking shit. <laughs> but I'm basically in it for the threads and the tea drinking. Yes. Like, the music's got pretty boring. Yeah, it does get repetitive by that I think sort of second, now, third one. But George, George Harrison's now my favourite. His club is yeah. fucking un- unreal. Yeah. There's one bit, he's wearing these like boot slipper things. Yes, and yes. It's like... They're amazing. <laughs> um, my favourite of the whole thing, you'll get to see him, is the guy that works in the Beatles' Apple office front of house who stalls the police. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's Mal. just... <laughs> yeah. Big guy with glasses. Oh, I've seen him a few times, yeah. But you, him and the other guy, there's two of them, and they stall the police with utter stupidity. I'm it's, looking forward to that because yeah, yeah. it's a bit kind of repetitive yeah, at the oh, moment. Oh, well, you, you start to get... The performance, you know, yeah. and and then the the crowds and I feel and like it's been the, building for a long time. Uh, Lennon, <laughs> you'll see. Watch Lennon. Lennon for the performance flicks a switch and changes into something that is like a superstar. Yeah, and it's really bizarre. He is properly a superstar mm. when he sings compared to him just sort of jamming and being. I think he's trying not to be too dominant, whereas yeah. McCartney doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, he's like fuck off. Do. I also watched. Did you ever see the Hitman or the 
Hitman and her? No, the, I always get it the wrong way around. Is it the bodyguards, Hitman, the Hitman's bodyguard? Yeah, with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, so there's another one now. It's, it's yeah. the Hitman's bodyguard's wife or the yeah, wife of Selma the Hayek. Murder, Selma. No, I never saw any of them. It's good, it, but I am bored of Ryan Reynolds' oh, shtick yeah. of just like I like I don't need another Deadpool film because yeah. they're just the same all the time, but. Salma Hayek swearing Hot. in this film is fucking unreal. It really is quite incredible. And I started watching Peacemaker. I don't know if you've seen the Suicide Squad movie, the second one. Yes, I have. Is this the one? Peacemaker. This is the one with the wrestler. What's his it's name? John, John Cena. Cena. Yeah, yeah, he's got a spin-off series. So I started watching that. Is that on Netflix now? It's on HBO Max. Oh, okay. I'll... Which is definitely where I saw it. <laughs> just, um, just about swearing. Just before I had to... I, I did a swear in front of the kids and Nelly looked at me like with those eyes wide open, like in shock. And she said, then I know some swears. And I said, well, what do you know? And she said, well, I can't say it. And I said, go on, no, go on, say it. Can't announce it and then not say it. <laughs> Shit, fuck. And she does, you know, a little 10 year old coming out with oh, no. all this. And I was just, oh, no. she didn't drop a C bomb. She didn't she? drop the C bomb. Oh, God. <laughs> not in English. She knew it in Czech. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's so, what, that's yeah, she goes, fault. She goes, uh, shit, fuck, bitch, ass. <laughs> <laughs> so she got up for you just to see what she'd been hearing in the, in the, um, in the schoolyard oh, and everything. I, I'm not going to venture that with mine because <laughs> no. Magnus will use it at everyday conversational points. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Mum, going for a fucking shit. <laughs> or the toilet, as it's known. <laughs> Kleenex at the ready for this week's top five. <laughs> yeah, and not the way that I'd hoped. This week at work, it's uh, where we get told about our pay, and I just thought I was just sobbing quietly into my... The first pay cut's the deepest. Yeah, it is. Mm. It is. It is. It's compounded by the fact yeah. that your electricity bill is off the scale so much that you have secretly, at this moment, <laughs> remotely turned off the heating to the house. But I'm warm, so that's all that counts. And, and as we say in our family, if you don't wear a jumper, you're a dick. It's a family family motto. So right. they've just got to learn. I've just paid for some new double glazed windows. So in, in the end, I'm not winning. You're not going to die at home, yeah, are you? No, no. You might just be cold a bit. Yeah, bit, so, bit frosty. So what? This is, I don't know, actually. I've just kind of randomly gone off. It's supposed to be uh, top crying moments in films or sobbing. Okay. Not moments we cried at, but they're actually exactly. the actors yes. are crying yeah. at. So, yeah, so an example of somebody that has really, for the... Love of the art of acting cried their eyes out or sobbed. Or, or not done it very well, because I've got a few. Yeah, I, or I wailed yeah. or flayed about senselessly and made themselves look like a dickhead. That sort of level. You are you a are you a crier at movies? I have started. Yeah, I think so, since I've become a parent, it's a lot easier to, yeah, to get the most of uh, shit. Fuck, I cry at like America's Got Talent. Me, I'm like, <laughs> I would cry if I was made to watch that. I'd cry if I was watching Adam Deck <laughs> when they hit the gold buzzer. Oh. <laughs> I have to say, so the one that I, it's not part of this list, but the one that I've cried at recently is Afterlife. Yeah. So that I. Thought, oh my god! I saw one clip. Okay, so I haven't watched it because okay. obviously when my son died. It just came out then, and Riggs was like, "Don't watch it. It's yeah. brilliant, but don't watch it. It's too. It'd be too much." So I haven't seen any of it, and I saw. A, I obviously know what it's about, and I've seen loads of outtakes yeah. and stuff that is still fucking really funny. And I saw just the other day when he goes to the cancer ward oh. for the kids, and he's talking to that a couple of little kids, and one of them says, "Will he come back?" I know one of them says the name of his his wife. Boy. And I was like, "Fucking flawed!" And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then yes, the other kid, he says, "Will he come back and see me?" 
And he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll come back. And he's, yeah. and then the next day, and he's, yeah, I'll come back every day till you're better. And the kid says, oh, when I'm in heaven, and you're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, it's, it's, it is the most bizarre TV you'll watch because it is moments of funny, then moments of incredible sadness, and then moments of absolute depravity. Mm. And the, the, the sea bomb. That's all the, the, the outtakes bits I've seen. Oh, the outtakes, those, yeah. yeah. Uh, season two is significantly the strongest. And then the last episode of the very last series is as you said a proper (laughs) it's proper sad but anyway going back to the list i'm gonna go for the first one and it's sidey's non-favorite tom hanks in castaway yeah yeah when wilson disappears off yeah and and it's 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 man's struggle with loneliness that's what it is so wilson his netball is it volleyball or netball volleyball volleyball is his companion his one-to-one and as they are on their escape from the island he survived that and as they drift off they he wakes up one morning he's near the end of his he's nearly on death he's on death's door and the raft is all broken up and wilson drifts off and he knows he can't get him and he just returns back to the raft and lays there flailing about (laughs) wilson (laughs) and it's um i always think about actors and crying and there is such a fine line between getting it on the nub and doing it right or looking like a complete twat. <laughs> well, I got a few of those. Yeah, and there are some that are just shocker. But well, Hanks Hanks is, you know, he's he should know what he's doing. He knows what he's doing, doesn't he? And he's uh, he spent 4 years alone on that desert island. Method. I didn't yeah. actually <laughs> I didn't rate this film that much to be honest, Castaway. I thought I well it. acted and and reasonably like well end, done, but, but like... it wasn't it didn't get get me as much as as other films i've seen where there's just been one actor or you do know, we watch the situation. robert redford the sailing one yeah 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 that was particularly bleak wasn't it yeah it yeah. was yeah but yeah uh, you know him crying over a ball he, he actually at one point i think he throws it away and then he goes back for it doesn't he yeah. because he just they realizes they had a row <laughs> had a row with a ball i saw this at the cinema in america so like a proper cinema oh right and the plane crash bit was fucking like geez you know yeah. it's really good i do like tom hanks but i'm not like a mega fan mm. of it so you know my feelings about forrest gump but this i think this is a real they good had one. the toothache yeah stu- stuck in oh. my mind yeah. for this movie mm. which you can really kind of empathize with somebody mm. he, he didn't he wedge it out with like a the bottom of a it's ice skating uh, yeah, boot or yeah. something. Oh wasn't god, it? Yeah. yeah. He gets rid of the old. But you do that when you've when you've got a toothache. It's, it's just it well, the snacks that we've it, got it? tonight. Uh, someone's going to have a toothache. They're guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got another Tom Hanks film. It's uh, 1999's The Green Mile. Oh, yeah. John Coffey. So it takes place on death row in Southern prison in in the 30s. But it, it's not Hanks this time who's crying. It's it's everyone else. He plays a prison guard who's a pretty good guy on death row, and he's got a team around him, and they they seem to have got respect for the inmates there yeah they're um, good they're good guys and they're, they're good guys yeah. generally there is one bad apple that yeah. comes in and, and tries to shake things up a little bit but one of the inmate big guy Michael coffee Clark, yeah john coffee he's about to be executed for a murder he didn't commit i mean he's he two, he two little girls, two little girls killed and he obviously has this magical power. They realize that it's an injustice. And then when they've actually got... Well, he grabs him, Tom Hanks' dick, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he sorts that out. Sorts his problem out and they realize that... He's got the gift. He's a healer, you know, he's, he's got the And when, they, when he was saying he couldn't take it away, he wasn't talking he wasn't there about... In time. 
you know, the the murder of these girls, he was talking about saving them yeah. and being able to to draw yeah. out the uh, the the death from them, the poison. But he he kind of. He goes through, doesn't he? he? Says, "I don't want the hood over my head and scared everything." Scared of the dark, and yeah. Scared of the dark, and he's just, just this big giant of a man. Well, he's not a dry eye in the in the house. Then is there? Is the the guards kind of put him through? And there's a particularly grisly death in that, isn't it? Because the shithead guard he doesn't wet the doesn't sponge, wet the sponge. Yeah. Fucking yeah. hell! On the electric chair. That's right. Yeah, Horrific. Doesn't make a good connection. So they they kind of just frazzle him and burn him, and and he he ends up getting his. Is bad luck as well, that yeah, guy, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he gets he? sort but, of um, off of Yeah, that was Green a tearjerker. Green Mile. Sidey? Do you remember The Disaster Artist, which we watched yeah. a long time ago? Well, the, the movie, <laughs> the, the real movie, The Room, that culminates with Tommy Wiseau trashing a room and screaming. And I haven't actually seen all of The Room. I've just seen, like bits of it and this is definitely worth looking up on youtube because obviously it's famed for being the worst movie ever made or claimed to be the worst movie ever made and it's certainly it's got to be up there and he's supposed to be going you know completely losing it and it's such a labored and (laughs) like he's just screaming going and then half-heartedly like trashing the room like really slowly pushing things off like almost carefully like (laughs) you might have to do another take so i better not break everything and he's just screaming and sort of crying but it's like an alien trying to behave like a human (laughs) it's It's so strange it really is weird just so bizarre i mean the whole story of this guy where he got his money from to do this film and and then the fact that actually is a film we've heard of and yeah. then it's got remade it's just amazing it's- don't watch it but watch this scene just put in like yeah, the room tommy wizard crying it's fucking so weird well i was looking at how actors can get the tears rolling and apparently the easiest way of doing it is to think of a loved one or most commonly apparently it's a family dog and that's how you get crying but if you can't do that because you're heartless you stick menthol tears underneath so it's like a menthol vapor stick and if you put them under your eyes it will go straight it won't like hurt you but it will make your eyes just run because of the vapor fumes right so top tip there if you want to get away with anything cover yourself in vicks my favorite move that i was going to go for matthew mahogany in interstellar where he's watching the video messages of his kids that he's let i'm aware that you haven't seen this i keep saying this every time i talk about interstellar because i saw this crop up in my research i was like effectively he goes off and because of scientific principles i don't fully understand one year is equivalent to one hour on the spaceship so his kids that he's left behind are growing up yeah and they fucking hate it well one of them fucking hates him and he does that whole thing where he actually is crying. And then I was, I was reading up about it. And the sign of an Oscar winning cry is if you do the body shake as well. <laughs> you do the whole proper fucking... <laughs> and you have the whole fl- fluxion of yeah. body and all sorts. And then if you can get a bit of snot to come out as well that you smear on your sleeve, you're just you're, you're, you're getting the, the people's vote. You're, get, you're getting a vote. <laughs> <laughs> a nom. You get, yeah, it was quite a... You know, it's a moving. It's, it's a moving scene. It is a moving scene. He's he's hundreds and billions of miles away, and I think he's seeing his video of his daughter around the same age as him, him. when he left. Yeah, yeah. And realizes life's just kind of mm. going by for them as well. Goodwill Hunting is oh, my yes. next one. I love this movie. So do I. I, I do. Yeah. I think it's really good. And he's he's a twenty year old math genius, Matt Damon. 
character will and he's he's always in trouble and he's, he's a tough up yeah he's a tough upbringing and so he needs as part of a court recommendation to see a psychologist as well which is robin williams I don't know the extent at first of quite how bad his upbringing's been and it's this scene that it all sort of well he yeah he's, he sits says nothing for the first sort of hour or two hours test, or first it? session yeah. and Having seen it, done it, and been there before, Robin Williams' uh, character is just sitting there and waiting and patient with him. And just as he's about to nod off, that's when Will um, starts to talk to him and and tell him lots about his family and lots of his friends and things. And He starts off with a joke, doesn't he? He starts off with a joke about the pilot over the PA, something about, you know, give him, I need a handjob. Yeah, right. The the stewardess runs it. That's how how he breaks the ice. And then, yeah, it all starts to to flow from there the chat and it, it also kind of rips him to pieces through mm. his observations and mm. it's all theory it's all kind of mm. hasn't really no life experience no it's life just, experience. It's, just, it's just a bookish arsehole matt damon at this point and it's it's dr mcguire isn't it and they they eventually develop this bond and and he helps him with his faces feelings and in the in this kind of crying scene where he just says it's it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Just keeps saying fault. it, to and him. he just keeps on going over and over yeah. again. It makes me think of Robin Williams as well, because obviously he had such a you know a tragic end that it's, it's you, you wanted to give yeah, him almost, a, a yeah. hug and yeah. just say it's not your fault. It's not your fault as well. But mm. it works in this case for for that was for a Will. proper good cry. I think. Yeah, and it was, it was a proper convincing. sobbing and hugs, yeah. and and finally he can face up to all these other emotions mm. going on that he just kind of let it out a good cry does that doesn't it? <laughs> american history x oh, it's been a while since i've seen, seen this one? one ed norton yeah very very good movie i think the director i think we've spoken about before wanted to have his name taken off because he really didn't like it or he he didn't like the final edit of it or something like that but because he slagged it he took out an advert in the newspaper slagging it you can't have your name taken off so it's still isn't. anyway i think it's really good apart from the very end because it, it ends with Edward Furlong being gunned down in the in the bathroom. He's shot and killed. And Ed Norton rug, runs in, grabs him and hugs him and does a really shit, unconvincing cry, which I think Ed Norton's really good. He's a, he's a solid he's actor. Great some actor, films yeah. I really, really like. But obviously crying, just not one of his strengths. Look at me, I'm crying. <laughs> yeah, just, it's just weak. So a shame because the rest of the movie is actually really good. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that. All I can remember is the horrific. Yeah, we all know yeah. about that one. Yeah, we don't grim. want to talk about that death. No. Right, I'm going to go for... <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's not me watching yoga with Adrian in the mornings as I diligently do to cure my old man's back. It's uh, our friend Rocky Balboa at the end uh, of the bout, just wanting to get past everybody and shout for his wife who's sat there just not not too happy about the fact <laughs> and so what's it, this rocky first rocky it must be the first one that i'm thinking of it is the first one because yeah rocky three yes. rocky three has a good cry when um, yeah. what's well, this, this is when i i have my uh, rocky recommendation here to to jump on that as well so there's that rocky Rocky loves a cry, doesn't he? All yeah. the emotion yeah. of the big fight. And Mickey dies. We all had a tear in our eye when Mickey died. So Stallone is, uh, Rocky's just sobbing over the dead body of, of Mickey. Mickey. And it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of funny. It shouldn't be, you know, but he's, he, he's got trouble getting his words out, isn't he? Donnie. 
it's uh yeah it's, it's the it's the fight he he, he wasn't going to get up for mickey and it was very very emotional do you know he's still got the turtles that he bought yeah i'm sure he has yeah yeah stallone still has those turtles that he buys from the pet shop in, the first, in the first one okay yeah, so wow. that's random okay. You don't want to know that fact. You'll forget something like do your shoes up for, to allow that fact to stay in your head. I've got a couple of cries. One's a movie, one's TV that have become memes. And the first one is Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Um, and he does this awful kind of gurning cry face, <laughs> which is a meme. And the other one is James Van Der Beek from Dawson's Creek, who does this pathetically weak um, kind of... Obviously, pulling a face is not great podcast content, but he... He, it's it, contortion. It's just screw. like it's apt for Dawson's Creek because it's oh. such a fucking pathetic program that I used to like. And it, <laughs> every time, if we were having a conversation on on email, or whatever, and someone moaned about anything, you'd you'd <laughs> get bombarded that. with James Van Der Beek doing this cry face. <laughs> so they're quite good. But a proper one would be a film that you hadn't seen until recently, Howie. E. T. Yeah, yeah, Elliot, which you heartlessly, I think, didn't. I, did, I didn't cry at it because I did cry at it but I was when I saw it yeah, as a child at the okay. cinema and it was proper like devastation but when he fucks off back home mm. yeah it's a fucking it's an absolute cry face there's so well, many sad bits in this well, film when he, dies, when he, he gets back, yeah. ill when he's got to leave at the end and he um, points yeah you know, Points yeah. at his head and you're like oh fucking hell. Elliot's just, crying everyone else is crying so that scene is what the actor who played Elliot had to do for the I don't know the rehearsal reel Right. It's available on YouTube. It's worth watching, actually. Uh, and Spielberg cast him purely on the fact that he was able to cry pretty much on demand. And nice. I, but I worry, though, because this is something I always think about. Whenever you see something with children in and they look in distress or they're crying, you're like... They're, dis- they're disturbed. Yeah, are they like... Especially young kids. Like, yeah. you see... Are you scaring the fuck out of them behind the camera? <laughs> I think there's a lot of protections in place these days for stuff like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that the, the Hollywood Illuminati have <laughs> done something. You know, like Bill Clinton's flashed his cock or a picture of Jeffrey Epstein. They've all gone to the island. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go for a TV one, and it's quite a good one. It's uh, quite well publicised now, but it's one that I genuinely remember because I was a big fan of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when yeah, I came from school. Yeah, it's a good one. And it's really good. It's... Will ranting at Uncle Phil about why his dad didn't love him. And apparently, if you read about it, Will Smith's background is pretty shagged as well in real life. And a lot of this part of the scene where he is proper upset was unscripted in places. There's genuine emotion. He genuinely did like... So the actor who plays Uncle Phil, who's now passed away, actually, was a real father figure to Will Smith who died. And... It had some real genuine tears and yeah, it's, energy it's in it. Season four, episode 24, Papa's got a brand new excuse. And he's hmm. obviously the dad's back on the scene, but then he lets him down again. And he's, you know, he has this shouting rant at uh, Uncle Phil saying, you know, I'm going to get a, you know, real honey and we're going to have kids and I'm going to be amazing. I'm going to be a way better father than he ever was. And then he just stops himself and he says, But why didn't he want me? Yeah. Why doesn't he want me? And he's, he's fucking. He, it's moving, man. It's it, it, for a daft program yeah, about for, for, a guy wearing his blazer inside out and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, you, I didn't you, see it coming. You would think you might get some happy tears out of it, but yeah, yeah it's a, a real emotional yeah. one. 
Every episode was just Jersey Jeff being thrown out. Yeah. <laughs> Every episode. Dan, you go for it, man. Well, I was thinking of a Brad Pitt film. I've got a couple here, actually, but I'm going to start with one that we did a midweek for a couple of months ago, Legends of the Fall. Yeah. And Tristan, Brad Pitt, is visiting his brother's grave who died in the Great War, which promotes, uh, yeah, a massive waterworks going on. No one's he ever just, looked better crying. Nobody's <laughs> ever looked better. He just, oh, you just want to put your arm around him, then you and he's clutching his, his face and his hands and, and making those weird throat noises and everything. And not that weird that he's unattractive, you know, but he's sort of um, just, yeah, he, he, he looks in- incredible crying. But there's another one I'll just go because it's Brad Pitt as well. And it's seven. Yeah. So Legend of Four was 1994, 795. He has not stopped crying. And again, it's a, it's a loved one that sets the, the tears. What's when the, Kevin what's Spacey. In what's in the box? What's in, what's in the box? What's in the box? And it's just uh, Morgan absolutely harrowing. He's um, Mills, isn't he? Mills. And, yeah. Um, I can't remember. It's quite, it's such a dark film. Watched I it mean, again about a year ago. Um, I did. And it's a dark atmospheric film even in raining the, uh, constantly pouring down it's miserable it's just just, it's just so bleak it, that's 25 years ago the tension and everything so yeah i mean it stands up years. this is one of those films i watched a year ago still stands up now 25 oh, years old it's a masterpiece it's, it's really fucking good um apparently pitt said he would do it the head's got to stay in the box though that was a condition <laughs> of the contract he never wanted to to do any of that because he would have been seeing Gwyneth they were married I think at the time or certainly were they did they get married or were they just engaged I I don't know know if it was yeah they were an item yeah they were they were an item yeah but you know he's uh, it's It's the the bad guy wins in that film the bad guy's plan comes to fruition and it all fucking he loves it doesn't he yeah Kevin Spacey he loves it when a plan comes together but the uh, the tears flowed there I've got another Kevin Spacey our favourite sex offender um, (laughs) movie Um, American Beauty Right. Remember yeah. that one? Yeah. I think he won the Oscar. He starts off with him wanking in the shower. Having a go at the missus who won't finish him off or whatever or catches him, isn't it? That's in the uh, bed. That's, that's a bit later bed. on. He, yeah, he wanks twice. And, yeah. The next door neighbour, Frank, played by Chris Cooper, who's he's he's concerned that his son is gay, but he's clearly closeted himself. And he goes to speak to Lester, as Kevin Spacey's character, in the garage. And he cries and... Kevin Spacey like comforts him and he tries to kiss him. So there's a there's a crying kind of closeted thing going on. It's it's key because he then later on he goes off and shoots him. It's he's obviously got a lot of stuff going on that he can't deal with. <laughs> a little bit. I haven't seen that film for a long, long no, time. No, no, I haven't either. Very long maybe, time. Mina, Mina Savari. Yeah, to, and to it's, see that again. it could be a midweeker maybe to go and revisit. Yeah, to have to f- figure out if we want to do a sex offender film, but I don't see why not. <laughs> that's your cue that's my cue <laughs> I'm going to go for Sharon Stone playing Ginger in Casino she actually does a tremendous job of bawling her eyes out and losing the plot of Robert De Niro when she's an emotionally smashed up cocaine head it's it's a, it's a hell of a role I think she got some decent awards for this in Casino turned into a hell of an actress actually for somebody who was just or actor a just glamour for person. somebody who was yeah. you know put in there because she looked great it seemed to be on the on the um, face of it, but she grew into roles like this, casino and mm. stuff. And oh, performance in Basic Instinct is is top. It's yeah. great. Just you know, ask my mum who watched it with me. You know, great. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, proper snot, eye mascara, dribbling down, mm. screaming, total mess. 
great bit of emotional crying. Didn't cry quite as much as obviously Joe Pesci does at the very end when he gets <laughs> fucking baseball batted into a pit in a field, which is one of the most horrific ways to go. Yeah, the sound effects. Oh, are man. Horrific. But yeah, Sharon Stone. Well, we'll have a game of darts sometimes and whoever takes the first um, point is known as First Blood, <laughs> which is the same as this uh, movie. It's the 82 john rambo one and he's as a total meltdown doesn't he at the at the end of the first one and he's just ranting and waving at nobody and you can't understand what he's saying but you know he's got his tank top and big muscles and everything and clearly having a breakdown Mm. after he's been kind of holed up and he's back from the war and disaffected and misunderstood and everything it's it's one of those films actually where i've watched back a few years ago and it's almost teeing up. I mean, it's, it's it's a real heavy drama is what it is, Rambo, the first one. And it's the second one, First Blood Part 2, where it starts getting ridiculous. But yeah, you kind of forget the first one's not that violent. It's no, not super violent at all, No, really. it's, it's a real kind of lone sort of wolf going on, Dubbing, setting traps, not, only because he's he's been feels pursued. like he's been pursued and pushed into a yeah. corner and not appreciated for all the time he's given yeah. for his country and everything. So yeah. it's that message for yeah. it. But then it just set up for completely like ridiculous propaganda TV you know it it was like one man army (laughs) stuff after that but yeah First Blood had again trying to show Stallone's range really and he he's pretty decent I mean he's written all these things as well which is you know Rocky and Rambos and things it's Mm. it's I've got a a few TV ones to get through one of my favourite shows which again is like suffering from sex offenderness is Buffy the Vampire Slayer um it is exceptional at times. There's a few episodes that stand out. There's the silent one where the gentlemen take everyone's voice. And that's really good. There's the musical one called Once More with Feeling. But there's the episode <laughs> There's the episode where Buffy's mum has died. So Buffy comes home and there's some flowers been left on the doorstep for her mum and she's started seeing someone. So she picks them up to bring them in and she's like, mum, mum. And she's just fucking dead on the couch. She's had a brain aneurysm. And the whole episode is just about them processing this grief and dealing with it's really like full on for like a teen drama for, yeah, yeah for what is effectively that's what it is so it was good but he's a fucking horrible bastard apparently <laughs> just with mash i don't know if you ever used to watch mash i've seen every episode about five times over because my dad still to this day watches it an episode every day really? so what? since i was doing my gcse's hmm. which would have been 94 95 every day he watches mash every what? single fucking day what channel is it on I think he, it was it was on one of those fucking shitty old channels, Sci-fi. but he's also got them all recorded on the Skybox, and um, he'll pause it even like when he like he's seen it. That's not, <laughs> How many episodes are there? It I went on longer they... than the war. That it, there's a lot, it's and the first the first captain uh, colonel the, who was in charge of the the four seven seventh was Colonel Henry Blake, and he obviously left the show, and he does his episode, and he's gone. And they're all doing some surgery and a fucking PA announcement comes over just says that his plane was shot down and fucking everyone died and and everyone's like <laughs> and you're like that was so unnecessary. <laughs> Could have just let him live. We don't want this actor back. Kill him. <laughs> yeah. And then Sesame Street. Okay. Go on. I, I don't know if you've ever seen this one, but they there's a character in it, a human character in it called Mr. Hooper, who's friends with I've some heard of the characters. And it's got so he had actually died he had died in real life okay so they'd had to 
write it deal in with this. full method. They'd had to deal with it, you know, in the show. So they, they've got the whole, basically the whole cast and they're all doing something and Big Bird says, well, I'm going to give this, I might get fucking emotional just describing this. They, they, he's got a picture and he says, well, I want to give it to Mr. Hooper. And they say, well, sorry, Big Bird, Mr. Hooper's not around. You can't, you won't be able to give it to him. And he's it's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll just give it to him later. And they're like, no, no, he's he's dead. You know, he's he's gone. And they're like, well, what does that mean? And they're having to explain to a fucking massive yellow bird <laughs> that that this guy's dead. And he's he's just like, I don't what is. And this guy's having to say, when someone's dead, that's it. They won't be coming back. You know, they're gone for good. Like you know, and but you can see the cast. They're all fucking like devastated. Going myself here. Fucking, like, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's a fucking like infants yeah. program. Yeah. It's. Deep stuff, man. It's yeah, that's on YouTube. So it's worth having a look just to it on. see. They're taking it's on admirable. the big issues. Yeah. It's yeah. admirable to do that because yeah. I mean, it's got to be an issue that is faced. I will go for, and this is my last one. I'm going to go for the one that I think is my strongest. It's Chunk in the Goonies. <laughs> his confession to the Fratellis when he they ask him to they they basically only want wanting him to confess as to what the fuck is he doing and where's the rest of the kids. And it's really dark, this thing, because I watched it again on YouTube today. He's got him round the neck <laughs> and they're threatening to put his hand in the blender. Yeah. And he goes, and he screams at the end, I've always wanted to play the piano. And they're putting his hand in the blender. But instead of confessing to where the kids are, they say to him, they make the fatal grammatical mistake and say, start from the beginning. In year three, I once did this. And then the, it, some, he basically builds up to the fact that I think, I, I can't remember, but I think he pukes in his jacket no, he makes no, fake puke. Makes it was in our vomiting. Yeah, the top yeah, five, yeah, yeah. And then he stands across the <laughs> cinema. <laughs> and while he's making all the puke sounds that he's caused everyone to make in the cinema, his <laughs> nose is everywhere, his eyes are everywhere. And one of the Fratellis just looks at him and goes, I like this kid. <laughs> so yeah, that's my last one. I'll go for Chunk from the Goonies. Well, I'll, I'll squeeze in a couple here. Um, Leon. Yeah. Ooh. You remember this one? Well, she cries so in Natalie just about Portman, every she, film. Well, yeah, she's good at crying. Yeah. But the, the scene that I was thinking about is when she's scared shitless. She knows her time is up and she goes to knock on the door of Leon and she's just like, please let me in. Please let well, me in. Well, he's there, isn't he? Yeah. Gary Oldman's yeah, shot up her parents' place. Yeah. Oh, so she has to pretend that that's not her place and well, knocks on the door. She's yes. like, please answer, please answer, please answer. But and she's it, fucking obviously the tears seen her dead parents. kind of roll, rolling yeah. through and, and he does, he opens the door and lets her in and they have this fantastic, it's a brilliant fucking film. Haven't it? seen it's, it in it's, years. Yeah. I have not seen Real, that in uh, years. I'm sure that's going to be one that, that stands up. But Matilda, she's so close to being ki- killed and and you know natalie portman she's so young there as well you know i mean and still fantastic actress now actor keep saying that the other one dead man walking another 90s one and again a really harrowing film he he's a hard motherfucker sean penn who has no intention of admitting his guilt or doing anything he's on death row you've got sister helen the the sexy susan saradon although she correct she was she was still looking good in the last film we seen, which was yeah. yeah, which wasn't that long ago. In fact, she was looking that was two thousand ten too, two thousand eleven, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's great, re- really great. And he, we know he's gonna go. We know he's mm. he's dead. He might not admit the the murders, but the judge has already sentenced him. They know he's done yeah. it. They've got the evidence, and he's you know big performance as well. You know, Sean Penn and Susan Sarandon taking on this and. Yeah, he he eventually kind of has that scene with her where they both end up crying because he just lets it out and 
you know, he's trying to repent a little bit and he's trying to go through. Oh, um, fuck off, he did it. Yeah, he did it. He did it. He <laughs> fucking did it. But he wouldn't even. She's there for his soul, isn't she? She's not there fuck for for whatever. But she believes in all this as uh, well. So you know, she's trying to just hmm. make him feel something. And yeah, it was it was a teary one again. You got any more side? Got a few. A sixth sense right at the end after um, Haley Joel Osment has uh, told everyone that he can see dead people. He's <laughs> he's in the car with his mum and he says that he can see her mother, his grandmother. And Tony Collette says, "Well." Do I make her proud? And he says, yeah, every day. And she fucking goes. Yeah. She's a great actress. She's <laughs> She re- is really, vastly really underrated. Yeah. And then we have ooh, ooh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire where Arpatz dies and Harry has to bring him back, his his corpse, back to the, the big tournament where yeah, his the, parents are there yeah. and everyone's there and Harry has this really shit crying scene. It's a bit stupid. Mm. I've got another one, but I'm going to leave it off. It's a David Lynch film, but I'm going to do my next three midweekers. It's going to be a trilogy of David Lynch movies. So I'll leave that one out. But my last one, we're in a glass case of emotion. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Oh, in the in the um, in the phone booth. In the phone booth. Yeah. I'm yeah. in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> Is that milk was a bad choice? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we need to make that into a top three. Three. Yeah. I would like to. I tell you what. I'm going to go for the proper loneliness and desperation of Tom Hanks on Castaway when he's lost Wilson. Okay. Nice. It's uh, good Will Hunting for me. It's good. Call. Proper sobbing. Uh, I'm going to go for ET. Oh, gone for the classic one. Um, and then perhaps Riggs and Jeff Kitchen. Uh, yes. Anyone else out there would like to... <laughs> Any tearjerkers? Sob their way into jerkers. our top five. <laughs> Anything would be nice. No tears, just jerkers. <laughs> Snacks. Snacks, yeah. We don't have cheese review this no. week. We're taking a break from cheese. But what we have got... To be fair, I needed a break, <laughs> a break from cheese after the vegan cheese mm. affair of, of last week. Peter. Yeah, we've got a whole lot of sugary stuff going on today. I have brought along my favourite ever sweets, which They're are not your favourites. They are. Really? These are your all time favourites. The ones favorite. that I spat out. Yeah, you spat them out immediately. <laughs> and then slightly ate them. They are classic candy corn. They are impossible to describe flavour wise. It's kind of like sugar, cheap sugar. fudge that's got like like a hard shell around it, <laughs> <laughs> and then some sort of indescribable flavour. Basically, it's just sugar. I imagine that what they've got is they've got loads of sugar, sugar sachets from cafeterias in those little 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 sachets and just poured them into a pot with some colouring. Yeah, a bit of colouring, a bit of spit, made it slightly solid solidification has taken place slight yeah. solidification. and then you eat them and you just kind of go i think i'll have another one because yeah they've got pcp in them basically i've got a, a massive sugar addiction so they are about as pure sugar as you can get then we've got every different flavor of club biscuit mint or orange club we've got some mr kipling's going on we've got there. some uh yeah we've got some battenberg Ooh, thingies six big jam coconut rings yeah, they're good as well. So, Mr. Crimbles. And, and some Pringles. And mm. Pringles and Crimbles. So, yeah. I reckon that's your five a day covered. That is. And that segues very nicely into, so this, week's, into this week's <laughs> movie, which was the 2011 Irish movie, The Guard, Howie. 
Yeah, it was. It was, incidentally, the director, his brother is the Bruges yes, director. Yes, yeah. So he's had a crack at a uh, film with not as great commercial success, I believe, obviously, because I think just about most people have seen Bruges. Mm. But, I haven't, actually. But nonetheless, this was recommended to me from a significant contingent of my Irish friends. Okay. Um, it stars, it's got quite a stellar cast in the way that it's got Brendan Gleeson as Sergeant Jerry Boyle, as an officer of the local guard, or yeah. police, in the... Connemara District, which is west of Ireland, basically Father Tedville. Yeah. And you've got Don Cheadle as FBI agent Wendell. Just to be clear, he's not in the behaviour unit. Yeah. You've got Mark Strong as Clive Cornell yeah. and Liam Cunningham, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, as Francis Sheeney Skiffington. Who did he play in Game of Thrones? Oh, he played one of the generals up the north, uh, he sidekick. Was John Snow's um, yeah, yeah, confidant. Right hand man. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. This is a dark comedy, would you say? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, dark comedy. And it starts off, you've got aerial footage of a hot hatch in rural Ireland speeding along with a load of teenagers. You've got rock star nerd playing at full tilt. And they, I think they're doing every substance under the sun, I think. And it's they're having a bit of a drink. And they zoom past a police car on patrol, which has got Boyle in it. And it just zooms in on Boyle's head and you hear a crack and he's not even interested. He rolls his he rolls eyes. rolls his eyes when he hears this almighty crash. And then the next scene is the car upside down in bits, all the occupants laying everywhere and Boyle standing there ponderously going through each of their pockets. And he finds like a bag of... Now, this is where I am not street cred, but is it heroin he finds and some t- and tabs as well? He, he found there some was something, drugs. There was that, something that you just flicked away and then he just Yeah, your gets, mother wouldn't like that. Your mother wouldn't yeah, like that. Yeah, he, he knows these boys. He's the local Bobby and he was yeah. just in kind of a uh, little lay-by by the hedge watching yeah. these guys speed on, probably just trying to have a have a bit of a kip or whatever. <laughs> and that, that it's upset his day um, to begin with. But then he finds these drugs and he, he drops one of the acids and... <laughs> You see this little kind of smiley acid face come yeah. up very quickly, almost yeah. subliminal message. Yeah. And he turns to the sea, breathes in and just says, what a fucking beautiful day. <laughs> and, and then that's kind of the beginning of the film. And you think, well, it gives sets you... Sets the tone. Yeah, yeah it yeah. sets the tone nicely. It gives you a sense of this this character, this this copper, and how, how many of zero fucks he gives. And we see that. And it yeah. cuts to his bedroom, the most gaudy, green <laughs> bedroom. And he is laying in bed. And he is not looking great health-wise. No, he doesn't of, look after himself you, that you well. You get this narration over the top of the... It's almost like somebody's reading the script as in, you know, the sergeant walked through, he put on his green top. The, you know, and it, it, you have that over the top of the... Did you get that as well? Have you, got, have you, you might be watching audio, it with audio... Audio description on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tell you what, it's great with audio description. <laughs> You never watched it with audio. I thought that was part of the script. <laughs> it was fantastic with it. I thought it was so deadpan well, the way that got though. delivered all the way through. I don't know whether we should leave that in. That's pretty oh, amazing. That's brilliant. Because <laughs> I was thinking, I've watched a different film. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, alarm bells, what's going on? I didn't hear that. No, no, never, there was, oh, <laughs> that's what I've done because I put the subtitles on. I must yeah, have done got, audio. Yeah, system. you have, yeah. What a great, great way to watch, watch it. It, yeah. it was like you get this deadpan comedy thing going <laughs> over the top of it. <laughs> It made the film brilliant for me. I, was, I think I made notes on that, going, how, how excellent, what a how great idea. How film do this? Oh, that's amazing. And, and as, as the audio description clearly shows, Boyle's putting on his uniform, and it's, it's kind of got Western music, and it's like a gunfighter going yeah. to battle type of thing, but not so dramatic in, in, in that it's a battle, but he's getting ready to go out. 
And the first scene that we, the first part we see is he gets in his uh, cop car and he drives to like a cul-de-sac and there's a murder scene. Yeah, and he's got a new, yeah, sort new of partner or a new. So this, the audio description for this <laughs> oh. bit is fucking brilliant because basically he's gone from his house where he goes, he puts on his nice shining uniform. It's against a green wall. He gets in his car and he drives. He sees his, he sees oh his, his fellow police officer, and then the first thing he says is. What the fuck have you got me here? Like, so you've just taken this this nice audio description, which I thought was part of the fucking film. Oh my god! No way! And then he goes straight into this line, and it just works. It oh my really god. works. Well, you need to watch this with audio, audio description description on, because because uh, his new partner's a guy called McBride. Yes, Adrian Aiden McBride. Aiden McBride. The the, the uh, corpse of the murdered guy has a plant pot on kind his, of on his crotch, and they kind of think it's. Some sort of occult serial killer. Going <laughs> he wants on. it to be, doesn't yeah. he? The he grabs top. him by, like, he puts his hand in, <laughs> on, his, on dick. his dick. Yeah. He goes, oh, I've got the gift. I've got the gift. And, and he doesn't, re- and the other cop's not getting the fact it's a joke. But when he walks into the crime scene, there's a local pervert who's a photographer. Yeah. Who's nothing to do with the official yeah. crime scene. He's just taking photos of the dead body. <laughs> I'm really worried about that lad. I'm really worried about that lad. But yeah, he, he's trying to, as you said, ruse it towards some form of uh, occult killing. And there's like a five and a half. Is it three? Is there a number? Written in blood. Written in blood no. on the wall. And he goes, what does that mean? He goes, oh, you know, there's eight and a half. There's in the film. And then <laughs> there's a theory that we're going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes, he's also numbers? like... <laughs> Should you be touching that in the yeah. crime scene? Like it's pretty. Have you, like, have um, you checked the house for money as well? <laughs> well, he, he's just kind of met this new partner of his. This new doesn't like him. He doesn't like him. He throws the yeah. coffee away straight away. Says yeah. my drinks are fucking latte, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's done away with that. He's uh, he's an all round kind of copper that doesn't give a fuck. And they they talked about him at some point being an independent. And I wasn't sure whether he was just kind of voted there by the people and they couldn't well, throw him out. But he had that kind of attitude about him where he was like, I'm basically untouchable. I do what the fuck I want. Well, he's like the sheriff in the town. In those areas of rural Ireland, you'll have a district policeman, like right. a community officer that will roll that whole area. And they might occasionally have assistants like this McBride mm. or and they always refer to it's almost like a them and us relationship when he talks about the Dublin police right. so it's like yeah, a them yeah. and us thing so, but it's his land what, what, go, what he says tends to go there's never going to be anything major going on but in this case obviously there's a murder there's a murder and, and he's told that you've got to go to this this sort of presentation that's been put on, we've got yeah. um, we've got an FBI guy over to do this thing. You've got to get. And, oh, fuck's sake! Yeah, the, yeah. the rocky cops yeah. all kind of excited yeah. by it all, and he's not. No, he, <laughs> but, he doesn't want to. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he's he's first of all, um, he obviously calls the police and says what's going on. But they arrest somebody called Billy Devani, and they interrogate him. Well, they, get the a, they get a phone call, don't they? Yeah, suggesting that it's him. The guy. So yeah. So uh, this is where uh, Liam Cunningham's character is trying to put a patsy up for the fact that that guy's been killed. But he they they he lauders up this local guy who they call the Italian. He goes, "I'm not Italian." Well, you look Italian. And then he says, "He says you know you, you, it's like he makes some throwaway line about Andy Murray and all that shit." And he goes, "I was playing squash. I'm not playing fucking tennis." <laughs> oh, you're a Ted Bundy now, are you? And it's just like <laughs> it's just total inept cops. When they reviewing this guy's record, it goes, oh, it says here you've you've had bestiality with a sheep. <laughs> oh, it was a lamb. I didn't realise. And they just thought, oh, okay. You would have assumed. You would have thought you would have assumed, yeah. But they, they go in eventually to this FBI, overview. FBI conference overview of 
of an operation that's going on and it is a massive drug deal and half a billion a half a billion that's <laughs> 500 yeah. million that's <laughs> half a billion lads you know it's half a million it's don cheadle doing million. doing the doing the talk and he's obviously super professional super yes. on it he's having to keep looking over at someone to change the slides which he's getting really irritated by and then Boyle just chirps up with like super racist comment where they they know that it's this gang of people that they're after. And they're showing all the crime photographs, they've, aren't they? They're, they're, three, yeah. three mug shots. And he just puts his hand up in the middle of this thing. And it's like, the, only, yeah. the only guy yeah. putting his hand up what in is a big it? room. And he says, I thought it was only black fellas that were drug dealers. And he's just like, what the fuck? And, but he continues and goes, <laughs> oh, oh, and those other fellas, what fellas? Oh, the Mexicans, you know, the mules, the mules. <laughs> And he goes, you, sir, going to go, you, you, sir, have said the most offensive thing. And his excuse is, I'm Irish. It's part of my culture. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. Listen, something's come up and I'm not just talking about my cock. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's got a load of lines that it just proves time and time again. And he's he just testing people because he's he's actually in his heart. He's not, you, we, you like him. He's not a bad guy. He's, well, I did. I, you know, I, yeah. I thought that he did have a, a good heart and he wanted to do the right thing, but he's just, he, he, yeah, unconventional. And he, he, he teases Don Chiddell's character just to, to almost like him, doesn't he? He keeps on coming up with these yeah. horrible kind of racist jokes, but he's saying it right to him. He's not hiding away. And he, he's saying, look, I'm taking the piss out of you here. Like, yeah. and well, um, he doesn't like it, but he starts to come round. Well, Cheadle says there's four men here that we're looking for. And then Boyle just put, says one more thing and goes, no, it's not. It's three. Because one of them is dead in that the morgue. That boy's dead, yeah. That boy's dead in the morgue. Yeah. Are and you sure he's dead? And he starts giving him a poke <laughs> and a poke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's gone. his fingers. Fucking <laughs> yeah. sick. But this is what prompts uh, Boyle and Cheadle to go to the village that Boyle works out of. Yeah. And they have a car journey and Cheadle basically says, I can't tell if you're just fucking stupid or super fucking smart. Because the conversation they do have, as you said, is Boyle just says the most outlandish things like, have you taken crack? Were you brought up on the projects? You know, and, 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 and like... Every stereotype. Yeah, is... and he says, oh, are you a family man? Yeah, I've got two kids. Do you want to see a picture? No, I don't want to see a picture. Kids just look exactly as they do. Get away. I'm not Unless interested. Unless you're showing me a really ugly <laughs> baby. <laughs> Whilst all that's been going on, McBride, his new partner, has pulled yeah. over a car uh, with the gang, with the, with the lieutenants in it. And surprisingly, during the film, he's just fucking gunned they, down. Yeah, like, yeah. He's killed, like, Get him dead. out of the way. Yeah. Mark Strong, I'm not here to fucking dig a body or move yeah. it. You know, I'm, I'm a drug dealer. Yeah. I'm a money transporter. I'm yeah. not here for it. He's got that attitude all the <laughs> way through the, through the film, hasn't he? Of, he's pissed off with the people that he works with. Um, for and they said, well, you know, we're a drug dealer. You, you've got to kind of think there might be one or two unreliable characters in here. But well, no, 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 there's he's a, a professional. There's a scene that comes up next, and I was hoping for Riggs's encyclopedic knowledge of horror, so I might have to rely on you, Sidey. Yikes! The, I didn't look this up, but there is. It cuts to him sitting on the sofa, and he's watching the shout. That's what it said in the notes, which I assume is a horror film of absolute... And it's super loud. There's a screaming sound and then the doorbell rings and it's late at night and it's McBride's wife, who he mistakens for a woman from the agency, <laughs> um, <laughs> which you realise is not quite the, 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 the case. Yeah, I saw when I was sort of reading up about stuff 
the stuff that what he was mm. what was on the screen but i didn't recognize it to us the, no i just so wondered if it was, a, if it was a significance to it well that scene that's mcbride's wife and she, yeah. she's um worried about him because he's been missing like six hours or or you know it hadn't yeah. been quite 24 hours he, he hadn't turned up that night but that is not anything that he wouldn't do he said he was on his way home he's not there she's come to his boss he doesn't give a fuck one way or the other he's convinced that or maybe he's out maybe he's he's done mm-hmm. something else look he'll turn up of course he doesn't they meet again and you find out from her that actually she was just a, a wife for appearances. he's a he's a quality dolly yeah um, yeah he's gay and she's just made him for the qualities yeah yeah and yeah. to give him that respectability yeah. that he was after yeah. in a in a conservative kind of yeah. town and and place but they do some door-to-door stuff and a lot of the people don't there's a vow of not talking to law enforcement, so they don't... There is, but it's not helped by the fact that uh, Boyle doesn't accompany uh, him because it's his day off. And, <laughs> he's and, in the pub. Yeah, he's in, he's in the pub. He's, but got he, it, but he's had it booked in for ages. But there is a scene that kind of matters to potentially the end just before that, where Don Cheadle is jogging on the beach mm. and he looks to his left and there's like a long distance swimmer battling against the surf and then just comes out and it's Boyle who does not he look He says like, that he... Had been in the Olympics, he came fourth in Seoul. Yeah, those damn Russians. <laughs> or is the audio description? Oh it? God! <laughs> the the FBI cop wanders down the beach and glances left to see a, a bulbous figure floating in the water. <laughs> I uh, cannot believe. Really, you know, it was, oh my it God! Was, it was absolutely brilliant. Honestly, I recommend you watch it again with the audio. <laughs> so. Yeah, and him and Boyle are chatting away, and as you said, he admits he's a long-distance swimmer, and, and Don Cheadle's character is just like, bullshit, I caught absolute bullshit on this. I probably would have as well, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think so too. And that's him out in that choppy water when he was yeah. he was going along, and again, the audio description <laughs> says he makes um, absolutely no effort just to swim through the waves <laughs> like he was in a child's paddling pool. Oh, my God. Well, as Sidey said, he goes off to the pub, but he also gets dressed up for a little liaison with two hookers. Well, from- a day of debauchery yeah. is what he's got planned, isn't it? <laughs> he's got the hookers, he's got the, the wine, the drugs, he's got everything he needs for a great time. And he wasn't going to say no because some fuckers died on this day <laughs> off and the FBI guy's here to try and sort it out. So he let was, him sort it out. Yeah, he said, 24 hours won't matter in my experience. <laughs> well, it'll be fine. On his way back from his uh, liaison, he does uh, come across McBride's yeah. car, yeah, he does. A, a local sort of suicide hotspot. But he's p- convinced that he, he wouldn't have killed himself. Yeah, he, he, like, he knows this is not right. Something's fishy here now, and he gets in touch with with the uh, his wife again and tells her as much that he he believed foul play is yeah. yeah play, and then he goes to I think he. I think he goes to this point where he goes to the bar and he gets kind of drunk with Don Cheadle. Makes a reference to his suit looking like he's a Joker at a Batman. And then there's a Maltese Falcon reference. This is where that point is. Yeah. He then reveals again more things about himself, which a normal police wouldn't do, like the fact he's tried crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but then they, then they see they CCTV. CCTV footage yeah. of the Italian guy that we mentioned who bestiality with a sheep, smashing the hell out of some guy with the back of a rifle. And they notice in the background that it's uh, Liam Cunningham and Mark Strong's mm. character. I think it might, no, it might not be Mark Strong, it, might be the other guy's character who were at the pub at the same time. Yeah, it's it's the bad guys that are there. There's also a couple of scenes where he goes off to see his dying mother. Yes, um, interspersed with this, his mother's yeah. at like a hospice. 
isn't That's she? That's right. And you can see where he gets his kind of sense of humour from because mm. mum's just like him, isn't it? She She's like bored as fuck in this old yeah. people's home and she's waiting to die. I think she's been given... She just wants to hear some live music. And yeah. She wants yeah. the simple things in life yeah. now and a, and a few more drinks before she goes off and, and he's happy to bend all the rules to, to make sure that happens, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, well, yeah, he's a she, good son. He's she, a good son, but she kills herself. No, yeah, yeah she just holds the pills and yeah. then just takes them all in one go. It's at this point in the film we also realise that the main Dublin police who are on the case with the FBI are all on the take. Mm. So the drug dealers have already got them in the bag for a load of cash and have managed to persuade them that there's going to be a diversion to a different port, different. Yeah, place. they they feed some incorrect intel. Yes. back to keep people off the scent. Obviously, of what's really happening, which is where the drugs are being smuggled in, the half a billion and and, and a million. <laughs> and, what, what does it say in the audio description? Yeah, yeah no, it's lots of money. <laughs> this is interspersed also with a brief encounter with a little boy who is. Uh, clearly under no supervision whatsoever who just yeah. rolls about on a bike that dog's tied to and he approaches Boyle out in some marshland and, and has told him that he's found a stash of guns which apparently is like the, the thing to occasionally find nowadays in Ireland which is left over by the IRA IRA stuff yeah and um there's Kalashnikovs, there's shotguns, there's pistols. Yeah, there's the, the, the gay gun, as, as they as they aptly describe it at one point when he hands it back over to the IRA I don't know IRA member, or I don't know, the, the bloke who's meets yeah, him at the, the airport. delivery to, guy. The delivery yeah. guy. And he's, he queries, why did he... I didn't think that there were gay men in the IRA. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, that's how we got into MI5. Yeah, you need them to, <laughs> to infiltrate to the MI5. MI5. Oh, they just can't but the see. IRA sort of guy has said, we're missing a few guns here. Where's the Kalashnikovs? Where's the shotgun? Yeah. Where's the pistol? Oh, and He's like, hey, do I get a thank you for this or what? <laughs> you know, he's... If a few... Maybe the mice ate him, he said, yeah. and, and, and kind of leaves it like that. So he, we know that he's got, um, already from the beginning, you know that he's a complex character, this guy. He's he's both a goodie, a baddie. He's he's do some brilliant things. He'll do some some absolutely outrageous things. He lives on his own morals and, and he's happy with that. You've got Clive Cornell, which is Mark Strong's character, who's also very kind of sure of himself and knows what he wants to do and what he wants out of the thing and what he's prepared to do as you pointed out earlier they shoot him the the copper and he says well i'm not lifting the body i don't do manual labor i'll be in the car boys you fucking sort that out so (laughs) he's quite happy just to take the money do the the drugs make the deal and, and fuck off and at one point he's making the payoff to the cops isn't he and they meet at the end of the pier and he brings down the the case to him and he gives it over and the copper gives it a, is it all there? <laughs> he just ripped him to pieces, yeah. didn't he? He goes, excuse me? He goes, is it all there? And he goes, no, I've skimmed a couple of grand off the top. And they go, what? What? <laughs> of course it's fucking all there. That's why we're here, isn't it? I've always thought that. You know, it's just like, why would you fuck that's the that payoff, bit up? yeah? We pay you, your pals, you keep out your fucking noses <laughs> out of our business. It's the payoff. Why Why the fuck would I take money? Of course it's all there. Everett, Kenny Everett tells Boyle in, in this bar that the the drugs are going to be coming in to County Cork. That's what they've been told. Obviously, that's bogus information. So Boyle goes home and David O'Leary is waiting for him. David O'Leary, the Irish football manager. That's right, yeah. He's got him at gunpoint. (laughs) Oh, God, And it's one of those things in films and it it goes right back to the good, the bad, the ugly where Tuco says it. 
fucking shoot, shoot. don't talk, just shoot. And he fucking engages him in this conversation and he gets him by starts scratching his balls. Yeah. And he says, I just, you know, sorry, but I fucked these two prostitutes and now I've got crabs or whatever it is. Um, and they start having this chat and you know he's going to fucking get a gun out there. Like, he's, just like, he's working the Derringer out of his balls, guy's isn't obviously he? a fucking moron. You know, he's a shooter, but he's not the brightest. So they're literally sat in two chairs opposite each other and he pulls out his tiny little gun, shoots him right in the heart, you know, and the, the geezer's fucked. And I think he gives him, does he finish him off or does he let no, him go? No, he just, no, just lets him go. Out. It's um, so much I wanted to do. And he goes, what, are you going to fucking run with the balls and Pamplona was you? <laughs> He's like, absolutely no sympathy for him. He's like, fuck you. So we get another scene of him dressing up because he knows now that this is bollocks. This mm. this, this county court thing is not, it's not right. It's the reverse, um, it's the start of the film. But he puts on his, his military best dress yeah, or dress however you describe it says so um, it's more like a ceremonial smart uniform as opposed to your day-to-day yeah police officer garb and he's i i took that to mean that you know he knew he was going to die yeah you know this was mm. the final he was just got go to look good got to go and his, do this yeah, and i'm gonna look my best yeah and and that's what he does he he, he realizes that the entire fbi uh, investigation has gone up the coast they've they've given him that they've paid off everybody who's going to be around for this big deal down on the docks and there's only he that knows it's going to happen he goes to the girl he says goodbye to yeah the, the i wife. wish i'd known you better i wish i'd known you better <laughs> the wife of mcbride his partner and she kind of just gets upset as he's driving away because she thinks oh fucking hell he's He's Good going guy, to do actually. something, you know, you know, he's got a gun and yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going yeah. on. And he heads down to the, the port. He makes a phone He radios call. in to yeah. Everett and says, that's bollocks. It, you know, you need to, this is where it's going down. And he doesn't buy it, but... He knows it, just about enough about he him. Respects he respects him now enough. They've had enough doings and throwings yeah. that he's like, actually... Maybe this guy he's might a motherfucking clever. Around, Maybe he's really, really <laughs> clever. Yeah. yeah. So he... Just as uh, he's got to the port and he's kind of ready to um, go down there and, and take these guys on, Everett's turned up. Yeah, and he goes, have you got anyone you want me to say anything to? I've got nobody. Just make sure they drape the coffin like those boys from Iraq. And he's going, fuck off. Yeah. He goes, oh, is it, you'll be all right. Is there not enough women and children down there for you to shoot at or something? He I like just, the Waco. Pot- Constantly taking the piss out of this guy. <laughs> yeah, that the line about Waco is brilliant. You, you, the FBI has not had this much fun since they burned all those kids in Waco. Like, <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, it's ruthless. So they basically charge. Yeah. They just go, well, actually, no. Everett, Don Chiles, he does take cover and mm. gives some covering fire with the Kalashnikov. Yes. Um, and... Um, Boyle just walks towards them like, down. like absolute can't be death shoots there's a couple of obviously goons you know they're going to go yeah. so they get shot first then it's Mark Strong and it literally is just like a game of chicken they're walking towards each other Fire he it. gets hit in the arm yeah. Mark flesh Strong, wound ta- yeah flesh wound <laughs> like Knights of Knee Mark Strong takes a few hits and then he, he's you know it's there's no surrender it, in this it, game. It, it, it was, it he was goes funny. down on one knee, yeah. doesn't yeah. he? Like a proper yeah, target man. But it, it was funny line because a, a few times through he goes, right, I'm on it. He goes, fucking on it. What does he think he's in fucking Detroit, does he? <laughs> you know, he's all these Americanisms <laughs> yeah. come in. So when he just goes flesh wound at the end there, I think he's he's kind of having a wink to the camera there as well. But, but the, there's, there's so many great throwaway lines in this. And the Cheadle's obviously firing, cover, doing cover fire. 
And then does he fall over? I think it's Liam Cunningham gets a shot off yeah. and hits him. Yes. And as he goes down, he sprays a load of uh, machine gun fire and it hits these drums mm. and the, the whole boat catches fire. But in the, the sort of melee, he's been shot. Paul's already been shot, but it's just a flesh wound. And Laurie Cunningham <laughs> has been shot as well. So he's retreated into the boat, and which is this, now on fire. Get this weird camera angle yeah. of him jumping into the boat like a GoPro <laughs> shot. What the fuck? I was like, where's this come from? Um, and he goes in. Does he shoot him again? I can't remember. No, he just goes. He's on a big double bed in the he's main cabin. Pretty seriously wounded. And, yeah, he's um, fucked. I no, I think he, I think he does take another shot, or uh, he's, I think he might shoot him. So he can't boat. shoot him back. Yes. Basically, he takes yeah. the gun away, so he's shot, but he's not dead. And he's the boat's just dying. Are, boats on fire. Boats going down. on fire, and he's got all the time in the world, and just starts yeah. having this conversation. I'm thinking, get the fuck out yeah. of there. Because you, you're really rooting for him, even though he's yeah. been an arsehole, he said some stuff which is just fucking outrageous. But you, like you say, Dan, he still manages to get you on side, you know. So you're you are then like, fucking get out of there. Like he you've is, won, you've got them all. They're all dead, they're gonna die. Like, get the fuck out. He said with Cheadle, just as he's about to go down all guns blazing, I'm pretty much fucked anyway. They'll find me, whatever happens. So yeah. he's saying that I've yeah. crossed them, the Irish don't forget. So he's in his mind. This is a suicide mission because, yeah. or he disappears, which leaves, yeah, which leaves the open. Um, it ending. does. It so does. After the, a while, walk away from the flames, but it's not in time. Yes, and, and Liam Cunningham, which just says the character's name, but it's a weird Francis Sheehy Skeffington. Yes, Sheehy. Him. He Jeez. he says, I'm not going to fucking beg you, but he does. He's like, ah, don't leave me. And so he, he walks out. As he walks out the door, it properly goes off. Yeah. You know, you think, oh. And then you get a Cheadle view of it, and it fucking, boom, the whole thing goes Big up. boat exploded in the water, gone. And in he, the dark. It, he's only just walked out of that room, so you're like, fuck, he's a goner. Cuts to the next day or whenever it is, Don Cheadle's gone back to the scene. He's bandaged up. He's got his arm in a sling, and he's kind of looking out and that throwaway sort of comment from before about his time and soul in the Olympics. And he's like, it's obviously bollocks. And someone chips up and says, well, well, it's, it's a photographer and, and the like little kid. Yeah. <laughs> he says, well, it's easy enough. Take to, him more photographs. Yeah. <laughs> he says, it's easy enough to, to look it up. And he's like, oh, and you get this sort of, well, maybe he's, you know, he's done, just, you know, yeah. Alcatraz, he's just fucking swam yeah, off. Yeah, Alcatraz, he's, yeah. He's, he's gone off somewhere, you know, because he's a long distance sea and swimmer. And he, well, he did make that previous line, as you pointed out, that the Irish don't forget. And, you know, he's he knows that if he he's survives crossing, He stole weapons off the IRA. You don't take 500 million, <laughs> although that's fucking bullshit. It's only 200 million. Right, yeah. <laughs> I know he said that. The street value. <laughs> Well, I don't know where they're buying their coat. Can I get my coat in a different... <laughs> brilliant, brilliant fucking lines in this. Great performance from your main man, Gleason. I thought he yeah, was... He absolute was star. It's so in good this. in this. Yeah. Uh, just I've never heard of it. Look and, and smile yeah. and that... It's like an old cop, you know, seen it all. Yeah. He's just so sort of disenfranchised from it all. Best but it, thing but, I can but still, like small town stuff as e- well. Echoes of of Bill Murray in his performance, in just the the, the facial expressions, dog and kind the, of yeah, yeah, yeah and the it. way that Hang he was just one. able to be that every man that yeah. you liked, but was also just sarcastic, yeah, kind sarcasm of and everything, miserable but funny, just that kind of like selfish way about him, but also at the same time 
you see enough things from him where you're like, actually, he's not a bad guy. He's just been able to get away with being an arsehole for so long. <laughs> like you know? Gran Torino, yeah. you know, where yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got Clint Eastwood's yeah. kind of attitude to life and to people, and he's he's a bit. You he's know, got no filter and and yeah, yeah no filter, no and filter at all. Says what he sees. I think for this type of film is one of the best I've seen on the pod. This kind of comedy action film audio description out, audio description absolutely made it i highly recommend the audio description this it brings a whole new level of comedy to it tell you i wouldn't want to watch it without it it was absolutely brilliant with the audio description that's amazing perfect timing this was a real surprise for me because i had never heard of it and i didn't really read anything about it or, or but i saw it was this is going to sound terrible was- but i saw it was an irish thing and i had like not that much enthusiasm for it no. and then as soon as it started i was like this is fucking great it's i really couldn't believe good. that i'd not like the first scene of him before. when he just like drops some acid and you're like it's fucking so funny and just the, it just worth watching just for brendan gleason's one line of his film just so fucking good oh, cool yeah yeah definitely recommended i would say that go and watch it soon this one i think it's you will have a real really really good laugh so howie i think this more than makes up for brighton rock after Thank all you. those years I yeah, think yeah. i had to go from that's, one that's cop ex- drama to, to another. be honest you've yeah. done some absolute brilliant ones i was thinking of the the skateboard film Ma- that mid-90s, we watched, was mid-90s which was i think that was the fucking that was the one well. after brighton rock so yeah, yeah, yeah. I I could, redeemed yeah, myself I, really quickly I, I had to redeem myself yeah, so i couldn't you, get you lower. Well, the, this is this was right up there for me money wise money wise this one was it cost six million to make. Wow. Okay. Um, and it did. It did well. It made twenty million. I think there's some stuff about it being the most successful Irish film. And it's interesting. Uh, we we watched blah. one uh, midweek the other week with the New Zealand Film Council sponsored. That was Brain Dead. Yeah. And then the Irish Film. Council oh, this was of, yeah. This was of, lottery money from the Irish right, lottery. Yeah. Right. And I, I just think that these guys, these committees, I don't know what other films they they've done, but. Obviously, they're in charge of a budget and need yeah. to, to go and make this work. And I just think this was a, a real win for them. I'm glad oh, yeah. it's made money and I'm glad it's done well financially. It's It's got mixed reviews, though, this film. Quite considerable mixed mm. reviews. Some people... Not in this room. Well, yeah, no, not in this room, but it's become... I'll use the term, but I don't like it. It's become a bit of a victim of cancel culture because of the racial undertones of his comments that he says... Yeah, but so they they are pretty racist. They are racist and offensive. But I think he was. I don't think that his character was racist. No, I think he I was don't. doing it to piss for people effect. off and be be controversial. Yeah, which does that make you racist? I don't think that's what he believed. Yes, I, I'd go with that too. And I think it has been overshadowed because his brother is a more successful director. Well, his brother, you, you mentioned it. He directed Brendan Gleeson in Six Shooter and in Bruges. This is John Michael McDonough. Martin McDonough did those films. So decent filmmaking family. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. And like I said, uh, word of mouth to me about it. It's available on Prime to pay. Yeah. So, you, so it's not available as a as a part of your yeah, package. Yeah, it's like less than a pint. Yeah, so it's definitely, definitely watch this. Yeah. And quite short, which is always a winner. Yeah. These days, an hour and a half is, is standard. It's optimum. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, yeah, it's, it's, you'll have a laugh watching this for sure kids thing a little while ago i think it might have been you that nominated it we watched was it q force yeah i think it was, was yeah um, yeah the which was gay gay this <laughs> this is this a is, new level this is the gayest thing i've ever seen well 
to caveat this, so with kids' choices, I am quite good about this. I do try and listen to what my kids are talking to me about. And both of them have watched everything on this series, two seasons, with an ending finale episode that is nearly two hours long. Wow. And they absolutely love it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And and to be fair, so Centaur World is what we're talking about on Netflix. It's a Netflix-owned series. And when you watch the first episode, like I nominated for us to watch, it looks like some quite cool sort of anime of a girl on a horse riding away from various... It's almost Game of Thrones yeah, style, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's animated Game of Thrones yeah, battle. Yeah. yeah, with trolls and God the, knows what. And The animation was really good. Like, yeah, really, really good. well done at this point. And I'm told, and I actually have seen it, that when you go into the next series most of the episodes are like this and the two hour the two hour ending episode is in that style of animation throughout and is that ending it finished for good or are there going to be more i believe it's finished for good right okay i believe it's finished for good but we'll have to see interesting because i had to check the age of this in the first (laughs) minute or two because it was it's pretty brutal yeah yeah i I think seven plus i was uh the village is she's on her own she's a young girl of what 12 13 we assume on a horse uh, she seems to have a relationship with horses understands what's going on and she's going through the valley and they have an artifact artifact which is like a sort of a shoehorn that glows blue or something yeah is it, what's uh, it, a horseshoe horse, no shoehorn yeah horseshoe <laughs> i say shoehorn a shoehorn there's this real put delicate scene on. where he's trying to put his boots on <laughs> shoehorn fuck me and the horse and the rider get forced onto an edge of a cliff and the horse is dangling over the edge. Yes, the way you trigger this thing, it seems, is by falling off a cliff, cliff. to your yeah. doom. Well, yeah. There's yeah. an entire like, army. orc army coming to, to hit get the girl. Them, yeah. yeah, it was a bit Lord of the Rings with the Uruk High kind of vibe. Wasn't yes. It? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even yeah. with the glowing artifact, you know, yeah, it tells yeah. you there's Sauron orcs around or whatever. Yeah, and all this but, um yeah, they're, they're fucked. It's like Thelma and Louise off the edge <laughs> of the cliff, <laughs> yeah. but on a horse. And at one point right at the end, the, the artifact comes on a an orc is just about to grab it. The horse kind of kicks him out of the way, gets it in its teeth, slides off the cliff, and she grabs the artifact string. The string, string and the horse, um, got the horse has got the other was, end yeah. and is teleported. Know, it's a portal. To, it's yeah, some, some sort of portal opens. They're trying well, there's a, certainly a big flash of light. Big the, flash the of light. The next thing we know. <laughs> oh, my God. In the it. real world, the horse and rider are dead, but then we go far from the real world. We get that sort of cliched thing of uh, an eye opening you know the, where this, the telly mm. is all black and you, and then it just sort of you can see that it's an eye opening and we've been transported into some other world um, <laughs> a musical world the juxtaposition between what we've just seen <laughs> to where we are now we oh, care about is that, the most or... like what radical change yeah. that you can possibly imagine we are presented with the neon pinks Bright yellows, yeah. crazy it's, blue sky, a total change in animation. Completely yeah, nuts. I would say the animation, the it's main horse still looks decent, but the rest of it is f- quite crude, I'd yeah, say. I'd, I yeah, I would agree. I thought it was yeah. like a, uh. And well, you're presented with these strange, well, centaur-type <laughs> beasts. They're not centaurs as in the Harry the, Potter-style centaurs. The first one's like really camp. Yeah. There is a series of five characters. There's Purpleton who has this weird giraffe head face thing. You've got Glendale, who has massive alien eyes, who is a kleptomaniac, who has a portal in his tummy. Mm. You have my favourite, which is Ched, who has, his special power is to have a handsome face for eight, eight seconds. seconds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
you've got Zulius, who has got like a zebra and a hot ass, and his special power is gossip and uh, having a shapely mane. And then you've got this fucking weird pink llama centaur yeah. thing called Wick. Wamamamic Wick, who's pink and nutter, has power of levitation and can harness force field energy and is a psychopath who wants yeah. friends. She reminded me, or they, I don't know what the correct pronoun is, but they reminded me of, you know, the the same coloured, but the villain from Toy Story 3, the teddy bear. Oh, dude, yeah. Who's keeping them, it, like... Yes, the strawberry flesh. She was obviously keeping them in this mm. place with the force, but didn't want anyone to leave. So she was pretending to be all friendly, but really was like having everyone under her control. Yeah, uh, it reminded me a bit of the difference between the you know in the Lego Movie when they go into the fucking yeah, Duplo yeah, yeah. world. It was yeah. like that. It was like this weird, normal. What the fuck? Where are we? Yeah, Is the, it the the animation? like change i'm just trying to think where you know adventure land yeah, yeah the background um, this the actual background of it and the look and design to me was a total rip-off of adventure time yes right. total yes. rip-off. yeah i would agree with and that. the eyes of the you know they have that they look like they're crying they go all big yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of and, moist and during all this the horse has realized it can talk yeah and, and it's freaking it out. It's freaking it out. And can point. And <laughs> yeah, can, can point. And yeah. it's looking well, for its rider. Well, so, basically, it seemed to me from this first episode that the rider had been absorbed into the horse. And yeah, was, been like a, um, but it's not um, that, though. No. Right, okay. Because they yeah. do flash back at one point where the horse is sleeping in, and you just see a white space with the rider again, and she can't quite she hold horse. on to she that. She says horse. She says horse wakes up again and finds him on the fucking no, rainbow uh, uh, train uh, track to, to nowhere. I double-checked with the kids and said, the horse hasn't absorbed the girl, has they? And they said, no, because uh, the main point of the entire quest episode is if you find. watch all the way, they find each other. Right. And there is some spectacular villainry. There's like the Nowhere King and things like that. It oh. goes off on a... There are proper centaurs and things right. like that. And Well, this is set up to go fucking anywhere after where, where we've just been because we've been at Lord mm. of the Rings. We've been at the kind of heavy anime um, animation. Now we're in Adventureland, but the horse is still kind of drawn in this anime style, but yeah. everything else is, is this soft, gooey marshmallow, marshmallow <laughs> and really camp and really musical. Oh, I think we really get they're all breaking three or four different numbers. Yeah. Um, now we need to be careful with our discrediting of musical enterprises on children's TV, because we've had a shocker based on last week. We kind of discredited Encanto massively for its music. Have you seen what's yeah, happened? Yeah, it's the biggest... Biggest selling Disney song of all time. It's number one in the charts. Where's Brian, whatever, the, the one who was... What is his bloody <laughs> we name? We don't talk about Bruno. 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 Mm. That's right. number one. Number five is the other song, the one that we didn't I like. I stand by, I just didn't yeah, rate it. What the fuck? So obviously, things like musicals seems to be the, the de rigueur. The songs yeah. in this were better than the songs in Encanto. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> strong, strong songs in this. I thought it was okay. They had that one about um, rainbows. Yeah, I, I said to my daughter, right, come on, put fucking Nintendo Switch down. We're gonna, we've got to watch something for the pod. That was merely a few hours ago. I did the same with, and she was like, well, I'm gonna watch my iPad. She wanted to watch How to Train Your Dragon for the millionth time, oh. so she put that on with her headphones and we were watching this and it's so colorful obviously and so out there that it kept like catching her eye eye. and after about five minutes she turned that off and started watching this and fucking loved it and i gotta say (laughs) i fucking really enjoyed this as well it's great (laughs) well i was i was 
Re- I really liked the beginning. I thought, yeah, yeah. oh, I could get into this. Mm. This seemed like yeah, a, yeah. a good story. And then it changed to this. And <laughs> it's very it jarring. Took me, it took me a few minutes to, yeah. to really get into it. But I was sat much like you were on the couch with a child that wasn't interested yeah. and, and a, a wife that was less interested <laughs> as well. But just because it the, the colour and the, you know, yeah. there's something happening and, well, Nelly started watching it, so she she was really and she said, "I think I'll watch another one." You know, she was getting into it. I started to watch the second one after this as well, just because I was curious to see if they were going to get th- through the to the forest. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's, it's going to have me once or twice more. This I when think. you when you see the sort of album art, you know, if, you know what I mean, the the picture on Netflix. There, it, yeah, it, some of the characters with a great big rainbow flying around. So I was like, that's pretty camp, you know, and it is like one of the gayest things I've ever seen. <laughs> which I, I just thought it was, I'm, the, the yeah, I'm into it. didn't like it. She said her feedback was, I'd rather watch Peppa Pig and that's she doesn't like Peppa Pig. Bad take. Um, that's yeah. a terrible bad take. Bad take. Yeah. Bad Peppa so, Pig. But yeah, like I said, this has completely drawn both my son and my daughter in. They really like it. And it has a payoff at the end in this big two-hour finale. Well, I like the the fact there's an end to this series. Yes, yeah, that does sound that good. That appeals that, more. That draws me in as it's well. It's two series. Yeah. So two seasons even. So, And they are very keen to watch it again. So whatever, if it goes back on, I'll probably, like you said, then, I, mean, I want to see what happens. Because obviously... They are contained within this world. The what the the psychopathic pink llama has them under their control, her control, and she's mm-hmm. and the horse is mate as basically through song dance, interpretive dance, and other really camp actions has persuaded them that we need to go through this dome force yeah. field that you've created amongst yourself. And um, the other secret power they seem to have is to be able to shoot miniature versions of yeah, themselves. Yeah, that was weird. What was that all about? <laughs> and they, they don't know where they go. They're yeah. like these little I miniature versions. I that's going to pay off later. And it does. Be, Apparently there is right. an entire episode that explains it. They're just kind of born and then horrified at their own existence off, yeah. and run off into the bushes. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be pulling for, the, for us to watch more of this. I really enjoyed it. My daughter seemed to be into it. She was just laughing her head off at this. Because cr- it is fucking crazy. crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, if you want to watch something crazy, this is it. Howie, that was a strong week. A very strong week. I, I have some nominations, which I think you should watch just in case. I know you're lined up to have a week off next week, but nominations are... Are we writing this down, Dan? Oh, we, gonna, okay, pull. so this is going to be the first of my David Lynch trilogy of nominations. So The Midweeker is The Straight Story, which you may have seen before. It's 1999, I think that came out. Have you seen that one? No, never heard of it. It's good. It's about Tractor. The top five topic will be Houseplants. That <laughs> that might be subject to change, but we'll go with Houseplants for now. The main feature is a movie called A Field in England. How do I know that? What's that? I don't know. You might have been to a field once that that will that's be it. it that's it um is it a festival film or something no like that? no it's uh horror <coughs> oh. a, a, a thriller i think it's actually I... a thriller because you know i'm not a fan of horror either so i wouldn't but i did hear some stuff about it. i digress the kid stuff is the lion guard but specifically we are going for season one episode nine the search for utamu some more good musical content there to be had. Super. So we're hoping that all things being equal, Riggs hopefully will be able to make it yeah, next week, good. which would be great. But let's not 
Rise from the flames. Who, anything could happen in the next seven days. So uh, let's just keep our fingers crossed. All that remains for now is to say, Sidey signing out. Howie, goodbye. Dan's gone. Back on, back on. <laughs>